Welcome to Book Recos Between the Pages. I'm Jess. And I'm Lauren. And we're the pals behind Book Recos. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. The theme of today is currently what we're currently reading, what audiobook we're currently listening to, and what book mail we've received this week. Just a nice check-in really, which I guess we usually do over WhatsApp in endless messages and voice notes. Yeah, I have had less notifications this week. So everyone, enjoy being a fly on the wall today. Lauren, hello. what are you currently reading? Um, it's a buddy reader that we're both reading, actually. I'm currently reading We Were Never Here by Andrea Bartz, which we... I think you might have finished. I have finished it, Lauren. I have. Um, Want to drop the synopsis? Yes, with pleasure. <laughs> I so, <knew> you would. <laughs> Emily is having the time of her life. She's in the mountains of Chile with her best friend, Kristen, on their annual reunion trip, and the women are feeling closer than ever. But on the last night of their trip, Emily enters their hotel suite to find blood and broken glass on the floor. Kristen says the cute backer should backpacker she'd been flirting with attacked her and she had no choice but to kill him in self-defense even more shocking the scene is horrifyingly similar to last year's trip when another backpacker wound up dead emily can't believe it's happened again can lightning really strike twice can it so we actually haven't even whatsapped about this um Mm. what are your thoughts dying i mean i mean it's completely unrealistic and actually, I think by the time this episode comes out, we'll have posted our review. So you can go and have a look there. But once you embrace the fact that it is just absolutely wild and would never happen in real day, then it's really enjoyable. And I flew through the beginning half. But I think I'm now in like the last 100 pages and the plot has slowed down quite a lot. Okay, okay. Brace yourself because the last 20 pages are a whirlwind and when I was reading it it took me back to school I remember whenever we did like creative writing or storytelling or whatever my feedback was always about how descriptive the beginning was and then that my ending was rushed Lauren I don't know if you remember my year nine sats exam where we had to write about like a shipwreck and I did so much description and alliteration and similes and metaphors Mm -hmm. and then had like run out of time had five minutes left so my ending was that the shipwreck person found a lighthouse and the final line was (laughs) Uncle Seamus is that you (laughs) right and I I received severe backlash for all my rushed endings but it but for some reason in thrillers it's totally acceptable to wrap up an entire book and maybe jump forward like 10 years or whatever and it's all done in like 10 pages and so I'm a bit pissed off that I received such negative feedback when clearly maybe I was just a thriller writer all along and I didn't even know it (laughs) It's so true. Okay, so I'll stick with it for the final pages then if it's going to start picking up speed. Yeah, yeah. It's high stress. I read it in the bath and it was not relaxing. Oh my God, my jaw hurts so much from reading (laughs) it, like just clenching my teeth throughout the whole time. And I don't think it's helping as well that I'm currently watching Squid Games. Oh my God. I'm so glad you're watching it. Oh my God. What what episode are you on? Um. I think I'm on like episode seven or something. Oh my god! Oh my god! Right oh into it. So the mo- what? What? Uh, I'll ask this first. What um, game has stressed you out the most? Because this will tell me if you've watched my most stressful one. Um, 
oh my god all of them but probably the one with the marbles that was really stressful because they all paired up with their friends I totally called that though as soon as they got into pairs I was like oh here we go I know this twist I didn't you know me I was <laughs> guessing the twist but no <laughs> this might mean that you haven't got to the most stressful one with the glass oh fuck I have yeah that was awful oh my god I also did think I was a bit of an expert in tempered glass by the end <laughs> but I was so stressed it was savage that one's ruthless I mean they're all ruthless aren't they they, all, they all have to just be quite savage oh my god it's so good I'm, I'm a bit sad you have to be pretty psycho to come up with a plot like this yeah I'm all for it <laughs> love it write a book mate um I'm really sad because I've got my sister's doing a Halloween party next week and I really wanted to go as Squid Game I wanted to buy the tracksuits for me and my boyfriend and they're not going to arrive in time oh no so have you actually bought them I didn't didn't buy them because I saw and to be honest I've now upon reflection been like actually this is good because these have been mass produced they're not ethical we've just spent a whole episode talking about sustainability yeah good I'm actually now a bit smug that I don't own a Squid Game tracksuit but that would have been so great (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that would have been a, like yeah it would have been great for this year but you couldn't really rock it out again because I feel like this is just gonna be like a one-hit wonder kind of thing yeah not sustainable so no nah. we're going as mimes because he's already gone as a mime before and it's very easy black and white top we're done yes. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> about oh anyway back to the book back, mm. <laughs> back to the book yeah, I mean, I I also want to talk to you about, because I actually have found some parts quite thought-provoking. Um, for example, halfway through, when uh, I'm trying to phrase this without giving any of the spoilers away, but essentially when someone, when a man goes missing and his body's been found, everyone's, the the whole reaction of the media, his family and friends and and everyone has been oh my God, how could this happen? Such a great and charismatic guy. Um, when in reality, you know, he he was he probably ended up there because he was, he'd done drugs or, you know, got in with the dodgy crowd. Whereas if a woman's body is found, the, the sort of cultural narrative always goes towards, but why was she there? Why did she leave her friends? Why, um, like pointing fingers at her like how did she get herself into this situation so I just found it really interesting that the author has picked up on that sort of tendency in in the press and like we've even see it, seen it recently in the media and how um, certain big missing cases of women even the police force are like you know, telling women they need to be vigilant. So I just thought it's really interesting how, like, the narrative around that. Yeah, definitely. I was like, it is a good, um, like, that's not the plot, but you absolutely cannot talk about the fact that two women have gone travelling abroad and the difference of if that was like, well, I mean, both of the men that they encounter are solo backpackers, aren't they? Like, that in itself yeah. speaks volumes. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, so true. I liked those sort of nods throughout the book. It did feel quite like the author was trying to not just write a thriller, but yeah. prove a point as well yeah. um, that these conversations that only happen towards women. Um, but the question I really want to know from you, Jess, is 
when I was reading this, I just couldn't help but ask myself, would I help my best friend bury, bury a body? I'd help you bury a body. Why, why are you questioning that? Like, of course, I'm there with my shovel. <laughs> Don't need any of the details. Just tell me to bring a shovel when I'm there. Yeah, I'd help you too. But it did, it did just make me think like, oh my God, like what would I do in this situation? Yeah. And I yeah. actually think I would, I've, I've given this a lot of thought. Okay. I would go. Be careful what you might be admitting to here, <laughs> I think if it came down to it, I would go to the local, if say we're in Chile, I'd go to the U- UK embassy in mm. Chile and talk to them. I wouldn't go to the police. I wouldn't go to the police and risk being stuck in a prison cell for years and years and years whilst they, you know, got Colin Firth to come and rescue me. But I would I would just go to the UK embassy. Embassy is someone... actually wild. There is a bit crazy that there's just like a house in every country for every country. Yeah. Drove and that the they US can have their own the rules. Yeah, I had to go there for my visa when I um, worked at Disney and they all had like guns inside. I was like, yeah. what the fuck? I'm so scared to do anything wrong in this Exactly. Building. So, you know, if that happens to us, Jess, if there's a local embassy that we can go to, sure, I'll be there. Otherwise, let's just pack a shovel. Okay, noted. So when we next go on holiday, in advance, we'll have looked up we've got to be prepared. <laughs> We've got to be prepared. We've got to live near. We've got to stay in a hotel near the embassy. Just in okay. Case. Yeah. I have picked up on you saying the local embassy, like it's like the local wine shop. <laughs> that too. We want a wine shop and an embassy. Maybe we'll add them on LinkedIn before we go. Just, <laughs> just find out who our local representatives are. Yeah. Actually. Good one. <laughs> um, so, what are you currently reading? If you finish that one. Oh, I'm in a weird place, Lauren. Um, oh, no. Apparently it's a thing that you have a come down after a marathon. And like, I read nothing for a week before because I was really anxious about it. And then afterwards, my body was in too much pain to like literally hold up a book. Then I read two books in two days <laughs> when I was at the spa. Oh, shit. And I was like, okay, I'm back. And then I started yeah. um, Magpie by Elizabeth Day. Yes. And then I was just I'm so interested to hear what you think about this book. Well, I just stopped in the middle. I was, and it just got, it like slowed down and I like, was feeling a bit weird. So that's when I, I just left it and was like, we'll come back to you. And that's when I read, yeah. we were never here. And then thought, okay, that has reinvigorated me for thrillers. Lizzie D mm. let's go. And now I've finally finished it. Um, like it's the whole thing's really weird. I, I usually read, I read every day because I enjoy it not because mm. I like force myself to and so I'll yeah. probably finish a book in like three-ish days on average so to have been in this weird sort of yeah. whirlwind of like some books no books stopping yeah, exactly. books halfway it's all kinds of crazy Lauren. it's not your vibe it's not my vibe um, so tell me a little bit more about how to fail um <laughs> we called it how to fail um well, that, that is part. her other book, so I'll let you off. Yeah, that. exactly. Um, and I really like her podcast, um, which is, yeah, that's called How to Fail. Um, yeah, it is. But I, I believe this is her first fictional book. It um, is. And yeah. it's a that's why I'm so interested by it. Yeah. Well, it's about a woman who moves in with a man after only knowing him for three months because they both want to have a baby. But then a lodger moves in too, and she thinks something is like going on between them, which I'm going to leave it there. So it's not to spoil it. Um, okay. It did have, it had two big twists, which I was actually really shocked by. 
And I was like, whoa, okay. Oh my God. Okay. And I was okay. Like, All right, this is this is great. This is great. And yeah. then the second half of the book, absolutely nothing happened. So I was prepping for like a big grand finish and I was like, okay, this is really slow. We're just sort of going through the motions. There's obviously going to be a twist on like the penultimate page. Yeah. And I was overwhelmed, underwhelmed, I would say actually. Um, oh no. It's, it's not a wreck. I probably shouldn't have talked about it on our recommendations podcast. Probably shouldn't to be fair. Lots of other people loved it. So I know. Don't, don't let so it... many people rave yeah. about it. You can borrow my copy, Lauren. But I think you would probably enjoy it because you have more time for thrillers than me these days. Like I think me and thrillers are breaking up. If we had a Facebook relationship, it would be like, it's complicated. But I feel like you've just told me it wasn't a thriller by the ending. It is. Was it even a thriller? Yeah, it's got all the tropes. It's got the the weird mother-in-law, the unstable woman the secrets that's like maybe he's an untrustworthy mm. man so maybe I, I don't know tricks. I feel like mate, oh, I don't, I don't know. I, I've seen those people love it and I, and I think she's fab and so I do wonder had you read it would you have enjoyed it more than me maybe maybe the reason I didn't want to read it is it just sounded very similar to a book I've already read this year which was surrogate I can't remember who it's by Oh, yeah, I remember you reading um, it. It's got, like, a bird on the front. It's black cover. I can't remember what it's got on the front. Um, and I was kind of like, oh, I've been there, done that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Which, uh, well, that which is the thing I with thrillers. Touch. Yeah, exactly. Um, so if you finished that, then, what are you currently reading? <laughs> what aren't I currently reading, Oh, Lauren? no. Which I think is partly my problem. I've just been like, okay, this isn't working. Let's read another thing. So I'm currently reading um, my, well, obviously Shantaram. <laughs> That's still yeah. going on. Only 200 God. pages left though. Um, then I've started my classic for the month because they can be so hard to digest. I usually like take yeah. the whole month to read them, like a chapter here and Fair there. Fair enough. I don't think we've mentioned your classic challenge on here. But that was your New Year's resolution, wasn't it? To read one a month. Correctamundo, yes. Um, I just had loads of like gorgeous copies of classics that weren't being read, which just seems a bit wasteful. Mm. So I was like, all right, one a month. That's what I'm going to do in 2021. And so far I have done it. And actually well in done. March, I read two. Oh, I know, absolute show off. Um, but this month, it's so good. I'm reading Black Beauty by um Anna Sewell have you read it yeah I have I read it when I was a child I loved it oh my god I love it it's narrated by a horse for anyone that doesn't know <laughs> and it's just made me feel really bad that they have to be ridden and that they have these metal bars in the house like I literally my mouth hurts yeah it when hurts. the horse talks yeah. about the fact you that they feel have to be the like metal in your mouth yeah I'm, I'm now doing it but I just I feel really bad <laughs> and I want to share it with everyone I know who like so rides horses well. I haven't got to I'm like um oh, so maybe a third of the way in there have been some sad okay. stories but yeah absolutely do you know it. the story in general yeah you do yeah I think that's quite like you kind of go into classics well knowing the story in general don't yeah you? yeah true um so yeah yeah loving it Sometimes they Love it. classics are hard to follow. Um, like me, maybe the secret is to narrate it by an animal, right? 
I've been really thinking about reading a book that's like narrated by an under the sea creature because we know so little about under the sea. What what book is that? No, I like I think there should be one. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. If you've written one, hit me up. Write it. <laughs> but I don't know anything about under the sea. True. Maybe I'll work with um, David Attenborough on that one. Check back in, guys, see how that's going. <laughs> um, what else am I reading? That's it. I um, then thought, okay, let's try non-fic. See how, see how a bit of non-fiction goes. And, oh, this was a buddy read, and I'm not sure if you've finished it yet, actually, or if you're currently reading it. Um, but it's Against White Feminism by Rafia Zakaria. Um, have you read it, Lauren? Yes, I've just finished it, actually. Oh, okay. Um, um, and I get why you haven't sped through that one because there is a lot to take in, isn't it? Oh my God. It is such a deep dive, but so, and mm. so opening. Um, have you got your book at yes, your flat to drop the snob? If not, I can get mine. Yeah, I've got it. Okay. Um, Hit me, Lauren. So it looks at upper middle class white women have long been heralded as experts on feminism. They have presided over multinational feminist organisations and written much of what we consider the feminist canon, espousing sexual liberation and satisfaction, LGBTQ plus inclusion and racial solidarity, all while branding the language of the movement itself in whiteness and speaking over black and brown women in an effort to uphold privileged and perceived cultural superiority. So an American Muslim woman, attorney and political philosopher, Rafia Zakaria, champions a reconstruction of feminism in against white feminism, centering women of colour in the transformative overview and counter manifesto to white feminism's global long-standing affinity with colonial patriarchal and white supremacist ideals. I mean, wow. what a scenario. <laughs> I mean... Um, She's given herself a big challenge, a big topic area to cover there, which, and one that is just so needed. Yeah. And I, um, so much. I really love that the title is so provocative. And I think like if there are white people that get offended, you know, by the title against white feminism or like they feel attacked, they are the people that need to go and buy this book. Like you are the ones that need to read what is in these pages. Oh, totally. And like, I felt uncomfortable at points reading this book. And I think that's exactly what a white woman should feel when reading this book. Yeah. Just to hear a person of colour's perspective on feminism and how the roots of feminism, as the blurb has said, is set up to uphold privileged white women and at at the, um, you know, whilst leaving black women and women of any color out of the conversation is just yeah it's just changed a lot of my perspectives on what feminism is and what it means to be a feminist yeah it's got me thinking like I don't think white women should write books on feminism anymore yeah <laughs> like, like they just even if they needed. go out and do their research it's just like oh you know same old same old we want to hear from other we need women new, now. yeah we need new just like what we were saying in our last episode with uh Vanessa Nakate adding you know the black person's voice to yeah. the climate emergency because it's so needed I agree with you I think we don't need any more white women talking about feminism necessarily we need more people of color talking about feminism and we also need people of 
women of color in positions of power so at governmental level mm. um to ensure that it's not just you know rules and laws aren't being changed to only benefit white privileged women um and that's something that I've learned from this book I just yeah made me feel uncomfortable but in the best way possible because it's challenging your perspe- yeah. perspectives and makes you reflect on like you're like oh my god have I ever done something like that yeah yeah exactly and like it's and and if you have okay you didn't realize then but now you know and you're equipped and you're never going to do that again so it's oh my god I hope everyone reads this yeah and there's a point where Rafia talks about like her own just a bit about her own upbringing and background um and how she got to where she is and in the introduction the introduction uh so the book set it set set up in um as a collection of essays and the first essay is at a wine bar a group of feminists and she talks about how she came to move to the states and how she her parents had put her into an arranged marriage and she flew to the states with her husband and he was quite an abusive partner and the police sort of turned blind eye to their arguments and just sort of told her to patch it up kind of thing with her husband even though it was really obvious that he was abusing her and one day she just ran away took her child with her ran away and started a new life with her and she's sort of talking about how at a com at a table with a bunch of white feminists being the only person of color and how it's a bit uncomfortable for her to to ever tell white women what her background is because there's just a bit of um you know she just sort of feels that they'll never understand her background and she doesn't want to sort of you know be she just knows that they'll feel uncomfortable and that's not really what they want to talk about. They don't want to be sat around this table to feel uncomfortable as white women. And I, oh yeah, I just thought it was so interesting. Yeah, it's such a good opener. Yeah, exactly. Because it, it, as a white woman reading it, you automatically look back on scenarios where you've maybe you know, been in a conversation uh, with a person of colour and and fallen into these tropes, maybe. Yeah. And also, I think because she gets into so many complex um, discussions in her essays, like one of them is about um, aid, like aid, for example. And mm. I I haven't gone to Africa and, and supported a project or whatever. So I can't technically relate to that but I have been in a wine bar and I have sat with a group of girls so to like open it in this like really attainable yeah. way where like a lot of people might have been in that situation and then highlighting what's wrong and then she gets into all these huge nitty gritty worldly discussions I'm like yes that was really clever yeah that's that's what I was trying to say you just said it in a much more <laughs> <coherent> way. <laughs> um I've tabbed a lot of quotes yeah me too <laughs> Yeah. Do you want to share one? Or should we each share one? Is that? Yeah. I could share a bunch, idea. but I'm going to try and find what my favorite um, is. I really liked this one where she talks about, so she's sort of challenging perspectives on what it means to be a feminist. And there's a 
quote where she says, growing up in Pakistan, I saw my mother, my grandmother and my aunt survive terrible suffering of all sorts. They experienced migrations, devastating business losses, inept husbands, lost relations, legal discriminations and so much more without ever giving in to despair without ever abandoning those who relied on them, without ever failing to show up. Their resilience, their sense of responsibility, their empathy and their capacity for hope are also feminist qualities, but not ones that the current feminist arithmetic will permit. In the value system of white feminism, it is rebellion rather than resilience that is seen as the ultimate feminist virtue. My maternal forebearers' endurance is labelled as pre-feminist impulse, misguided, unenlightened and unable to deliver change. And I just thought... That is a good one. Yeah, I just thought that's so true, like how we, we sort of assume a feminist to be someone who is rebels and speaks out but really it's only white women who have the privilege in society to act as rebels yeah because the justice system is set up to support white people and allow white people to act rebelliously whereas if a person of color were to act rebelliously that's you know there's there's it's not allowed without them you know disgruntling a lot of people so I just thought we actually need to reconsider what it means you know how we associate feminism yeah excellent quote Lauren thank you for that one what was one I'm gonna do kind of because I just spoken about that um that chapter that discusses aid work I'm gonna read this one which kind of summarizes the chapter if you will So rather than actually empowering those on the receiving end of aid programs, the development community tends to envision them as helpless, backwards, pre-enlightenment versions of white Western women whose social and cultural differences are problems to be solved and whose actual problems can be swiftly dispatched using methods which have been tailored to the needs of white people. Like so much of this chapter is about white people helping, but have they even checked like if what they're doing is needed? Like I think it opens with... um, the uh what's the official word for them the wood wood burning up wood burning stoves that's it and they've um and it says like but no one asked the women who did the cooking whether they wanted the new stoves and it's like all of so much is decided by everyone else in other places in the world being like we really need to do this and like just giving them like a small solution it's like you haven't even checked like it's their culture it's their tradition it's their lives like you haven't it's, asked yeah. what actually what help they actually need, if any, from you. Yeah. God, it's so good. Do you know what? Actually, talking about it right now has reinvigorated me to like finish it. So I'm going to finish it today. I've ah, decided. Good. I, I think I only have about 50 pages left. So I am on the home stretch. But now mm. we've just discussed it. I'm like, oh, I, I really want to know what's coming up next. Yeah. Um, and it so is, thanks. it's quite a short book it's less than a hundred two hundred pages yeah I don't even know how she's managed that when there's so much I know when there's so much to cover but again as it is just a collection of essays it is probably a good one to have on the go anyways and just sort of read one essay at a time which is what I did with it because like you say just there's so much that she mentions here that actually sitting and reading the essays back to back was a little bit overwhelming because I wasn't taking in yeah you need to know you kind of need to absorb it take it in and like think about it for a bit before you move on to the next essay so that is um 
a reco on how to read it as well. Yeah. Okay. So I think, well, you should see our review on our Instagram soon. <laughs> yeah. We go and finish it today so we could properly um, reco it. Okay. Mm. Um, as you can tell, I'm currently reading a lot. I need to sort my life out. Um, you really do. Audiobooks. Lauren, have you got an audiobook mm. on the go? Do you know what? I actually don't at the moment. That's unlike you. Which is unlike me. Um, and maybe that's because my audio credit doesn't come in until tomorrow. So ask me next week, Jessica, and I'll probably will be one. Gotcha. Do you know what you need to do, Lauren? You need to get on BorrowBox because I... I can do. I don't know why I haven't done this yet. I haven't used Audibles. I've got loads of credit credits just ranked up. And I've also found that BorrowBox because of what's available like there isn't everything available I'll just go yeah. through the list and I'll be like oh do you know what that book has actually intrigued me mm. for a while but I've never really thought to read it and then because it's free and available to listen to without having to pay a penny I'm like we'll give it a go like which is exactly what I'm currently doing with my with my the audiobook I'm listening to like I just... do we need to add um, a little line here now that says this episode was sponsored by BorrowBox <laughs> <laughs> just God, a disclaimer just a it's totally not but it is it's just so, obvious just such a dream so setup. Talk, yeah we talked about it in our audiobook episode and if you missed that one it's free you link it to your library and then you can like access ebooks and audiobooks that are from your library so you borrow them borrow box and then um it also means that you have like i think it's about 20 ish days to listen to them which makes you oh, actually good. listen to them so yeah. I'm I was nearly going to run out of this one so sorry let me say what it is it's Eve of Man by Giovanna and Tom Fletcher and oh, I'm so intrigued by this book right I've always been like I was never that interested in it when it first came out and it was everywhere I've always been like I wonder what that's like and then because it, it was on borrow box yes that's why I've been so intrigued that's why yeah I love a dystopian and <laughs> yeah because it was free I was like all right let's give this a listen holy shit Thank Lauren you. It's such a good audiobook. I is was. It? Who's it I, read by? Is it read by them? No, thank God, that would wind me up. It's um, so it's a dual narrative, and it's by a woman and a man. So they've yeah. got two narrators, and the woman is Charlotte Ritchie, who we've talked about before. Oh she wow! Was on Taskmaster, and she was in that series you watched with um, May Martin. Can't yeah, remember the name um, of it. God, I can't. Uh, anyways, yeah that one and as a result the character of Eve looks like Charlotte Ritchie for me and yeah. <laughs> um, I googled the guy it's Josh Dillon and he plays young Bill in Mamma Mia here we go again jokes <laughs> and Jude in the adaptation of Noughts and Crosses oh my god yeah. so I am picturing um Bram as I him I hadn't made that connection before that he was in Noughts and Crosses mm-hmm. um Pretty. Yeah, it's so good. I was driving to my sister's, which should usually take me like an hour of 15. And I shouldn't have driven on a Friday. That's my own fault. But it took me three hours. And I wasn't even that mad because I was listening to the audiobook. So I was highly entertained. I and, love it when that happens. Yeah. And it's about, um, do you know what it's about, Laura? I Vaguely, but please tell me. Okay. It's um, basically women, uh, females stop being born. They, everyone keeps getting pregnant, like they're still getting pregnant stuff, but only boys are being born. So everyone's starting to freak out. And then a couple who have had seven miscarriages decide to stop trying for a baby. And then they 
have a baby and it's a girl and she is Eve. And so to protect the future of the human race, she gets like put in this dome and they like give her all her lessons and make sure she's getting the right nutrition and like exercise and all these sorts of things. And so, Mm. so that when she's of age, she can then have children. She'll be like the best she can be. And because she has to be protected, they've got a robot friend for her who looks just like a real girl. She's called Holly. But of course, for her to look so real, actually a young man in the suit. So he looks like Holly. So she thinks she's got this best friend called Holly, but actually Eve is like weirdly clever. She actually knows, well, of course, this is someone like being Holly. And she actually has a few different people that are Holly. And from the way they talk to her, she knows the slight differences. So the book is narrated by Bram, who is one of her Hollies, and it's her favorite Holly. Ah. And it's very good. And she's now of age, and so she's meeting suitors. I've forgotten what the actual word is. Prospects or, or something that could yeah. that, that they think that they're like perfectly matched to then create a baby that will then help the future of the human race. Um, oh my God. That's so enjoyable. It's, and I actually think I'm enjoying it more because it's an audiobook. Like I'm wondering if the second book, ah. like I'm definitely going to read the second book and I'm like, am I going to read it or am I going to listen to it? Because I'm really enjoying mm. the experience of listening. Oh, good one. Yeah. I'm really happy that you're enjoying it. Thank you. Um, maybe you should, Lauren, well, Reco One, get on Borrow Box and just browse. Yeah, You'll I'd find totally books that like, that. you'll be like, oh, yeah, I have kind of been interested in that, but I didn't ever want to buy it. Yeah. And then you'll listen to it. And then record number two, listen to this one. (laughs) It's so good. I might have to. It sounds brilliant. Yeah. It's like, it's like watching a film. Like it's so vivid. And I think because I know what Charlotte Ritchie looks like, well, and Josh Dillon, it just, I don't know. It just adds a little something. It engages me more than if it's a narrator. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I'm definitely going to check that out. Okay. Okie dokie. So on to the next set of currentlies we've had quite a lot of book mail this week and they've all correct me if I'm wrong but been buddy read book mails right so we've both yeah, got the same have. Mm. oh I hadn't actually made that connection yeah Bob's okay been dropping by every day that's my postman by the way <laughs> Bob is an absolute legend when I first moved here after a few weeks he was like what is all the books <laughs> he was like, is this is this your job and I was like ah. I'm like paying job but I do do this thing where I review books and now literally yeah. every time he comes he's like more books yes, Bob. and my concierge Joe he always brings them up to me and he obviously that it's really obvious that they're books so every time he uh, drops them to me he's like more knowledge <laughs> I love it the fact that he uses the word knowledge I just bloody love yeah. it yeah we need to get um, Joe and Bob together I'll bring them on the podcast <laughs> Give him, let's do a buddy read with Joe and Bob. Oh my God. Um, anyway, book first. So, <laughs> uh, there's one book that I know we're both, we've both been on our toes waiting to receive it, Jess. I think the one you're thinking of, if it's the same one that I am, is <laughs> Taste by Stanley Tucci. <gasps> I honestly can't tell you how excited I am to read this book. I fucking love Stanley Tucci. <laughs> Love him so, so much. Great. And we need to be careful not to go into too much detail and fangirling here because we're obviously going to have to do an episode on this book. Yeah. But it's, um, but it's for anyone that useful. doesn't know, it's a foodoir. So it's a food memoir. Um, we've been sent it by Viking Publishing and uh, it's out now. 
it came out at the beginning of this month and it is a beautiful cover I have yeah, to say it is it's like cloth bound and not and hardback <laughs> yeah it's gorgeous yeah love it I can't wait to read it and another book we got this week was Cleopatra and Frankenstein by Coco Mellers which is out on the uh it's in February not out till February next year actually but that's by Fourth Estate Publishing and it sounds really good it sounds like it's um about an artist who's sort of finding her way in New York having just moved there from England I think and just about as her visa is about to run out she meets Frank and who is 20 years older than her and it's about their sort of life together which just sounds really really interesting yeah well Pandora Sykes don't know if you know her we don't really talk about her um, a lot but (laughs) she's read it and there's a quote from her on the back which is obviously part of the reason I want to read it it's a tender devastating and funny exploration of love and friendship and the yearning for self-evisceration Coco Mellers is an elegant and exciting new voice Mm. can't fucking wait thanks Panda can um, oh hang on though so Lauren has talked about how she was like really excited for Taste by Stanley Tucci and like we're really excited for this one but I received a like screaming voice note from Lauren because a publisher from uh, Little Brown Book Group emailed us about a book that she's very excited for Lauren do you want to you want to reveal I'm actually smiling from ear to ear right <laughs> <I can> now see. <laughs> um so Isla Gordon, who wrote Season in the Snow, which I have banged on about so much. But we still haven't actually had the discussion on the book, which we says a lot, no. I think, that you've mentioned it a few times that people have gone away and bought it, but we still haven't even it. done a deep dive. It is coming <laughs> like near to Christmas, we promise, Karen. Yeah. Um, well, she's written another book and it's called A Winter in Wonderland. And I just can't wait. I think it's out on the 11th of November. And I'm actually like a little bit worried about reading it because I just loved A Season in the Snow so much. It's, you know, it, I don't know, but like every year I like to read a cheesy Christmas novel and Season in the Snow just ticked all the boxes. Like it just gave me all the feels. It felt so like such a lovely read. And so I'm really hoping that this one is similar. It's set in Lapland. I mean... You can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Mm. Um, So I think, Jess, we're going to have to do like a winter reads episode and talk about Season in the Snow finally. Oh, we are, because I um, listened to a festival audiobook the other day. The other Did day. You? Well, I'll save it for that episode. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) I've already waffled on about Borrow Box enough. I know. (laughs) This is currently, Lauren. The theme is currently. I'm not going to tell you about one I've already done. True. Although I guess I did tell you about Magpie. Well, they (laughs) we just got so many new books that we're looking forward to. I'm really excited. I hope this sort of invigorates your desire to start reading again. I think this chat hats, like I'm going to go away and finish Against White Feminism. I've got a long drive to do this week, which I'm now so excited for to listen (laughs) to my audio. (laughs) Whack it out. Yeah, because I'm still not running because I'm still in pain. I can't go on like my long runs to listen to audio books, which is why I think I've just been listening to like here and there while I cook. And it's not the same as like a long stretch where you can Mm. just get lost. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. I'll check back in with you at the end of the day. I'm going to text you to be like finished against white feminism and 
finished a 400 page book and now I've started a 700 page <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> We're giving you a chance to win an October Books That Matter box with a sustainable The Earth Is My Sister theme. So if you'd like to win a box this month, there are two ways to enter. If, like me, you listen on Apple Podcasts, then subscribe, leave a rating and review, and use your Instagram handle as your nickname on the review. Or if, like me, you listen on Spotify or anywhere else, then follow the podcast on that platform and screenshot and share on your Insta, tagging at BookRecosBink out your entry that way. Entries for the October box close on Monday the 25th of October and will be announced on our Instagram on Wednesday the 27th of October. If you're listening to this at a later date, then don't worry, it's a monthly competition, so still enter and we'll count your entry towards whatever the box is at the time. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.